0: Okay, you ready to rumble? I am. Is it recording now? Yes, it is. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're back. And we're back. Again. Back for another episode. Yeah. So. This one will be titled something along the lines of What's in my bag? Yeah, or What's What's in in that bag? What's in that bag? What's in my
1: plug bag? More specifically, is probably what will be titled. And um, yeah. So. Why don't we just crack right into it? I guess we should. Um, so... Let's talk
0: about the bag first.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I use an ODM...
0: Remember, you're going to have to bring it a little bit on screen, a little farther on screen. Yes, all right, so
1: I use an ODM plug bag. It's all, like, open now because I have a bunch of plugs in it, so I can kind of show off what I'm using. Um, but I use an ODM plug bag. Uh, this plug bag is the three and a half tube ODM plug bag. Uh, it's a great... It's a great bag because it's very, very durable. Um, it also has um, an extra... Because you're going all... to be
0: showing a lot of things. I'm just going to... Just, I'm just going to tweak this just slightly
1: for the folks, all right. all for the right, folks sure. at home.
0: Let's see if we can just tweak this a little bit.
1: Yeah. Just turning it slightly. We'll turning. Have, hopefully this doesn't screw us up right no, now. We'll fine. turn it back in a second. Yeah, right. just get you a little so, bit of frame. So this is the plug bag. So it also has a little... Um, a little thing a little uh well it's more of like a bucktail outer pocket that you can unclip from it and it's attached to the bag this is gonna be horrible on the audio so <laughs> it has anyway so it has like a little extra bag on the front of it um and I've an, i haven't i haven't this this entire year <laughs> there's an absolute monster scale in here like <laughs> That was in between my bag. Closer,
0: bring that closer so they can see it. Yeah, that's hilarious. For those who are listening to the... Was, who are watching the podcast
1: on YouTube. Who knows what bass that was from. Monster scale. But that's a monster scale. That's probably from one of the 30, 40 pounders. Yeah. That's a huge scale. Um, But, so I have... So, so that's that. Um, so uh, that's like a bucktail outer pocket, which is, I think, awesome because it's its own little thing you can detach it and attach it to your your surf belt if that's all you're using that day that days, just, yeah just going so, yeah exactly so you can throw that in i also put like leaders and stuff into it which is great and i'll get into that in a little in a second so it has an extra tube on the side of it um and on that extra tube i go the other way because it's kind of different on the camera so yeah. it has an extra tube on this side i can't am i doing this right yeah, okay. yeah this side yep, okay There you go. It has an extra tube on this side <laughs> and um i generally keep my smaller plugs in that tube um and then there's an uh, there's a pocket on the other side
0: and for those who are listening uh, this this podcast is probably gonna you'll get the most value if you go to youtube and watch it yeah um but the, you, you'll still get some value yeah exactly the audio and version, i'm yeah but if
1: you really want to see what all this stuff looks like you mm-hmm. should just watch the the clips of it on youtube yes uh so Um, Yeah, but you should, because I'll go more in depth of why I use different colors and what plugs are in there. Uh, But for those of you that don't know what bag I'm talking about, um, you can go and look at it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you should get a pretty good idea of what I'm saying. Um, So it's a great plug bag because it has two extra side pockets, one that has a tube and one that doesn't. I guess you could also buy another tube for the other pocket if you want another tube. Um, So... Generally, I'll put smaller stuff in the outer pocket, um, and even I'll even put rig deals in the outer pocket too, um, because that's like where I'll store my rig deals and stuff. Um, and, and they don't smell. And in they the don't. Outer sp- pocket too bad. Yeah, they're not too bad. Um, and then on this clip side here, I generally keep plastic bags filled with leaders, which probably haven't been used all season, but <laughs> there's leaders in a bag. That I have in the side, so that's a liter. It's probably full of water, um, and we can just keep going. More liters, some rusty hooks, oh, yeah. some very rusty hooks, probably from Ealing. See, I haven't dug into this in a long time. More liters, yeah. I should. Why do you keep in plastic bags? Just so uh, just uh, yeah, exactly. I haven't gone through this all season. Some of this stuff is probably from legitimately the beginning of the season. More liters. And they're just in Ziploc bags. They're just in Ziploc bags. I have listening. like three per thing. Yeah. Um, they're in just little Ziploc bags. More liters. Even more liters. And it's that's just, just, just in going. case
0: you break something while you're out exactly.
1: there. Exactly. So generally I won't run out of liters because yeah. I have a hundred of them in my bag. More hooks and leaders. Um, And these are 80 pound. um, Leaders, it says 80 pound. So that's the other thing about... um, The other good thing about that is... Oh, wow, look at this. More clips. These are clips that are horrible, but I love them. And everybody gives me so much crap about them. What are they? They're just uh, uh, tsunami um, tactical angler clips. Mm -hmm. um, And everybody always gives me... So much crap about them.
0: Why Why do they give you...
1: Oh, because they bend crap. out super easy, yeah. and I've almost lost so many fish due to them, but why, I haven't.
0: Why do you use them, though?
1: Uh, Because I... Really? There's no good reason why I use them, but the reason I have been using them is because they're pretty easy to, like, hook onto the um, the rod, the, the eye stem of your rod. Yeah. If you're watching on the video podcast, so when I'm, like, policing my line up... I like to clip it to the stem of my eye on my rod, and it's easier to do it than a tactile angler's clip. I actually do have a tactile angler's clip on it right now, and that is what I would say is the preferred thing. So don't be like me and use the other ones. But I kind of like them, and I have caught big fish using them, but I've also had them bend out a significant amount. Um, I haven't lost a fish due to it, but I would not suggest using them. Okay so i have a bunch of leaders in my bag uh both hooks both with pre-tied hooks on them as well as with clips on them so the reason i have pre-tied clips on them or the reason i have hooks as well as pre-tied clips is because i um i want uh the ability to switch back and forth between using eels and using um lures you should we could also move this back now you sure uh yeah i'm pretty sure i'll just scooch it back a little bit yeah just a little bit this is Um, a this is a we're just doing this sort of sort of
0: live for the video podcast yeah we're just scooching the camera back and forth yeah good
1: enough okay perfect so now we're going to go into kind of so the thing the great part about this bag is it's hard for the hooks to get stuck into the bag so i used to use a shimano like surf bag and it, the hooks would get stuck in it and they don't mm-hmm. although i do like the like how you can fit a, organize this stuff pretty a lot a little bit better in those and the hooks don't get caught in each other as much but i don't know you can fit more stuff in this bag and i like fitting more stuff in it yeah. so the other great thing is it has two flaps as one main flap that goes over all the tubes and then um there's two horizontal flaps that lock in everything that's in the tubes. So if you do get hit by a wave when you're fishing, your stuff doesn't come flying out. Um, Also, on either side of the plug bag, on the inside, by the side of the tubes, there are little, like, sleeves, which you can put leaders and stuff in them, as well as bigger plugs that don't quite fit in the bag. So right now, I I have a yellow Danny plug. Um... Uh, this is a Pumbaa plug, Danny plug. Um, and I, I really like Danny plugs because they're giant. And I have another one in bunker here, which is my favorite color for the, for it. Um, and the reason I really, really like Danny plugs is because they catch ginormous fish. They do, they just do. Cause they, they have this slow, like, sig- sig- <laughs> like this slow, like wobble motion on the surface And it just, the bass just can't handle it. And they'll, and especially big bass will hit it. Even when they're being pretty finicky, they'll still generally hit a dandy plug. Um, And it's great. It's really great when there's a lot of large bait around. So if you're fishing where there's a lot of big mackerel or they're feeding on um, like bunker and they, they, they will generally hit the plug, the dandy plug. And I'll fish them at night as well as during the day, um, I've had just as much luck on them as night at night as I have had during the day. Um, I like to fish them generally like a topwater plug would be, like thrown like in the early morning or evening because um, I think I just think that's when you should be fishing during the day anyway. But it also is seems to be more productive using these plugs in general. Um, the great part about the Pumbaa plug like plugs. Um, is there's great hardware on the plugs. So on this Danny plug right now, um, I believe there's a uh, 5X strong VMC, um, hooks on here. So you, you hook big, I mean, is it a large profile bait? You're going to be hooking big fish and you don't want your hooks to get bent out, especially if you're fishing with a lot of pressure and you are in, um, deep cover, uh, especially more deep covers in like, there's a lot of boulders around. Um, which is where I like to fish these plugs is I like to fish them in boulder fields because especially shallow boulder fields, when you can't really fish a diving plug, um, but you want to fish something that maybe is just under the surface or on the surface. Um, generally these are on the surface, but you can tweak the eye of the, um, the eye of the the plug to up or down. So if you move the plug, the eye down, the plug's going to go up. And if you move the eye up, it's going to go down, um, in the water. So that's like the thing. So if you want to adjust it for where you're fishing, if you're fishing shallow and you want it on the surface, it will be on the surface. These plugs will swim on the surface and they're absolutely fantastic for catching very large fish. Um, so I generally will hold a couple of these bigger plugs like the Danny plug or the swim or the, um, the jointed swimmers um, in that where you just you put those larger profile plugs that don't really fit in the tubes um, that's where I'll be storing those
0: um, you want to just mention quickly I know we talked about it in a previous podcast I think on the first podcast but mm-hmm. you're because you're going to talk about them a lot yeah you wanna talk I guess about your, your relationship with Pumbaa plugs yeah
1: so well, so I'm one of the pro staff members for Pumba plugs so um, I, I believe in their plugs completely because I've caught so many large fish on their plugs and honestly, I've caught more big fish on their plugs in general because they have some incredible, incredible plugs that are unlike the Gibbs and the guppies and of that and the, because they're also incredibly environmentally friendly plugs and they also have really good hardware, which a lot of the other companies don't do is put good hardware on their plugs and I... Think that their plugs are very, very well built for hooking and landing large fish. Um, in if, general, and if
0: you want to get like a closer look at the uh, at the plugs, yes. the, here's their here's their website, mm-hmm. pumbaplugs.com. If mm-hmm. you want to follow along while we're yes.
1: talking, mm-hmm. um, but they, yeah, anyway, they have a lot of uh, great stuff on there. Yeah. Um. So I like to I throw a lot of danny plugs. I, and you. I guess I I'll just tell you. Where I throw them, I will throw them on a sandy beach. I'll also throw them in estuaries, especially like in the fall when there's a lot of bunker getting pushed in there. Um, It's again, great. They're not super good in current. They'll handle a little bit of light current, but they don't handle very heavy current super well, Um, as well as they don't really handle super choppy conditions well, but I love to throw them when it's big, when there's big waves out as well, because they catch giant fish and they have that big profile and the bass love big waves. Um, and that's just, it's just how, when I target, I try to target throwing stuff that mimics the bait as well as I can. And if I can get away with throwing a Danny plug, I'm going to throw a Danny plug nine out of 10 times. But so that is a great plug that I have in here. Um, now we're going to go into, into the bag a little bit more. Um, I want to go, I guess I'll start with daytime stuff. So I, I fish during the day, (laughs) contrary to popular belief. I do fish during the day. Um, and I don't do it a lot, but when I do it, I do it either early in the morning or like just during, at, during the evening, like into dark when I would normally fish. Um, so what plugs do I throw in the spring, especially to target those, you know, mid to high 30 inch bass that come in around May for where we are um, and, or around May is in like, in May the bass show up, they're pretty small. And maybe you can get like a keeper if you're lucky. And then around late May, early June is when you can get bass up to 30, 40 pounds for around here. But if you want to target those bass early in the season, um, an incredible plug for that is the Magnum Walker. Um, I love this plug. This is probably not if my, my favorite plug that um, uh, Pumbaa makes uh, because these um, are unlike any other walk-the-dog-type style plugs out there because when I, in my experience, with a lot of the different custom plugs and a lot of different plug companies, is they dive under the water when you're trying to work them, which is awful when you're you see this big fish swirling behind your plug and you try to speed it up and have it walk a little bit faster on the surface and then it dives under the water and the basket's a good look at it and it doesn't hit it. Um, so that, so this plug has a special shaped nose on it, uh, that is, um, cut at an angle. Um, if you're looking at it on the video podcast, you'll be able to see that. Um, so it's cut at an angle to keep it up on the surface of the water Um, and it has an incredible wide, um, incredibly wide, uh, like back and forth, walk the dog action, almost up to four feet. You can get it to walk back and forth about four feet and you walk it super slowly across the surface. You can walk it fast and zigzag it really quickly. Um, and for the early season, pretty finicky fish, this seems to really get them going, especially if they're not hitting pencil poppers. Um, this will be one of the first things out of my bag. Uh, cause when it's a, like, uh, bright, clear water day and you're throwing a pencil and they're just swirling behind the pencil and they're not hitting it. Sometimes they want that slower, like lackadaisical side to side motion that they're really, well, they're keyed in on as an injured bait fish, kind of like, uh, fluttering up across the surface and moving back and forth across the surface. It's very similar action. Um, this one's in green Mac. Um, I love it in white and yellow or yellow over white, I guess. Um, there, that's a great, great color. Uh, green mackerel is a great color. You can do it in blue Mac. Um, and, uh, they're very, very good plugs for catching large fish all season long. A lot of people throw them in the spring. It's a great spring plug. It's a great fall plug, but it pretty much produces when the bass are being finicky. So finicky that even a pencil popper is not going to work. That's when it's a great, great time to throw this plug. Um, I've had multiple like low to high forty-inch bass hit in just the most spectacular way on this plug. Which when they're they're going after a pencil popper, sometimes they'll suck it down. But when they're going after a Magnum Walker, they just explode on it every time. It's incredible. It's same thing with the Danny plug. I mean, it's it. I see. It seems to be like when it's a slower. Uh, when the plugs worked slower in the water, the bass seemed to hit it that much harder. Um, yeah, so that's, it's an incredible plug and I, yeah, I mean, this is like my favorite, one of my favorite plugs that, uh, that Pumbaa plugs make, uh, because, uh, it's just such a good big fish producing plug. Um, and it's incredible for those, the times of the year where it's slow. All right. So moving on, um, uh, as far as like, okay. So on your windier days, um, the like I personally believe in fishing pretty much exclusively fishing top water um, as much as I can during the day because I think that generally, and this is very generally, but generally, when you're fishing on the surface of the water, uh, number one, it's awesome to see a fish hit on the surface of the water. But I think it actually increases your chances of pulling larger bass. Um, whether you're using a small popper or a very large one, I think it it increases your chances of hooking into a big fish. And yes, you can catch a 14-inch bass in a giant Magnum Walker or a um, Danny plug, but um, you can also catch a 40-pound bass on that. So um, two plugs that are fantastic for... Um, both the spring and the fall. There are two pencil poppers that I've done incredibly well all week this week on, and that is...
0: What's the date just for those who are... Uh, so it's
1: November 2nd. Yeah. Um, so this is the Tinker. So the Tinker is a great plug uh, because it absolutely casts like a missile, um, and it mimics those more slender profile baits so it gets this name from a tinker mackerel so it's about the size of a tinker mackerel uh and it w- is super easy to work across the surface it's not actually that heavy of a plug but man you can cast this and i mean i'm casting it with 50 pound braid and i'm getting uh, like 75 to 100 yards no problem on a nine foot rod with this plug um, and it definitely cuts through the wind i mean i've been fishing the past couple of nor'easters that we had um and honestly there's been plugs that i've thrown and they've just gotten caught in the wind flown up over my head pretty much but this plug absolutely cuts through the wind beautifully um and it shreds the surface of the water and it mimics those peanut bunker or small mackerel that are around very very well and i've done incredible incredible like i've i've got In the past week, I've probably got over 50 fish on this plug alone um, because it's just been producing just the masses of fish. Now, again, like for fall and spring, you may think about pinching your barbs. I don't have my barbs pinched on this plug right now, but for fall and spring, it's, you know, food for thought, I guess, right? Pinch your barbs makes it a little bit easier on you and the fish. Um, So that's a great, great plug. Um, and then this one is the big eye. So this is a little bit bigger and it's a little bit heavier, which means this thing casts a little bit further and (laughs) like and moves water a little bit better. So, um, I, I found that, um, if they're feeding on mackerel or bunker that are like either adult bunker or like medium sized bunker to adult mackerel or medium sized mackerel, this plug will get those bass that are. Bigger out of a school. So if I'm throwing, if I'm throwing at a big school of blitzing fish, um, instead of catching a bunch of tiny bass, this plug seems to pull those larger bass out of there because it has that a little bit bigger profile, but it's not too big that um, it's gonna overpower like what bait you're trying to mimic. So if you're trying to mim- mimic a peanut bunker, this uh, plug will um, be able to mimic that peanut bunker, but it will also be able to pull a bigger bass out of a school. Um, this is an incredible, incredible casting plug, especially when it's super windy. You can get this easily 100 yards if you use a bigger stick. Um, you can really launch this thing. It's incredible. I mean, I, it does numbers at the canal uh, when their bass are blitzing in the middle of the canal. This is an incredible plug for that. Um, it sits... it super super easy to work you pretty much don't even have to do anything except reel it and just with a little wiggle on the top of your rod this thing will start dancing like crazy on the surface um, it is a great plug for all year long I mean this is an incredible plug for the summertime incredible plug for you know both shoulder seasons uh, I seems to pull a lot of fish on this plug especially during the summertime when there's a lot of bigger bass around. It is a big enough profile that uh, a lot of those bigger bass will key, like, key in on it and try to really hit it, and it definitely shreds up the sur- surface of the water and almost noise bass into hitting it. I mean, I've seen big fish go airborne on this just to knock it out of the air because it's just incredible. Um, when it when you get this working really well on the surface, I mean, it shreds. It, like, throws and spits water up everywhere. It's a great, great plug. All right, so that's a incredible incredible pencil it's a it's a really good pencil popper um and a lot of the plugs that I do throw are primarily Pumbaa plugs uh, because I've been doing so well on them in general um now we're gonna get into larger pencils um so I do a lot of damage with this so this plug is a little bit bigger of a bigger one it's the Mac Daddy so um and hence the name it, it's has the profile of a big mackerel. Um, so what it has is a flat bottom to it, um, and when you are fishing this, um, it has a cupped mouth, a very interesting mouth shape to it, um, and it it is so crazy when it cups the water, it almost throws the water to either side, making this extremely large commotion. Um, it's a Decently heavy plugs, you're able to cast very far, but it sits very well on the surface of the water, which makes it really easy to work on the surface and entice those bigger bites, uh, especially the bigger fish. And even if the bass are being super finicky and there's not a lot of them, this this plug will call them in because it makes such a commotion on the surface and you can work it super slowly because it sits so well on the surface that you can really call in a bass from far away especially if nobody's doing anything in the canal and it's being quiet, this plug sometimes is what you need to throw out more water than any other person's doing there and have it sit beautifully on the surface. Uh, It's an incredible, incredible plug. Um, And I throw this a lot in the the dog days of summer when it's super hard to get bigger bass. This plug seems to pull those bigger bass uh, and I'll fish this anywhere, uh, anytime. Uh, I try to fish pencils um, around the, you know, again in the morning and in the evening, but even during the dead of the day, like 12 o'clock, you know, and it, the sun's beating down and it's super clear water and the bass are just not biting. Sometimes you will even be able to pull some really, really large fish on this plug because it makes such a big commotion on the surface, on the surface of the water. Okay. Um, one more pencil. And I do primarily use pencils. Um, And I'll get into how I work pencils and uh, why they are so good at what they do. Um, So I have one more pencil that I use very, very heavily, and this thing is very unique. So this is the Pumbaa pencil um, and the Pumbaa pencil is a little bit heavier than everything else. So it absolutely casts like a missile and it has a little bit bigger of a profile, so it is great for fishing for any type of like bigger larger bait this thing has your bases covered and it absolutely casts like a missile you can get this 100 yards no problem with any pretty like the 9-foot rod you can easily get this 100 yards and um, it absolutely slices through the wind like no problem slices through the wind I was fishing in nor'easter the other day and none of the other plugs were working I could get I could get the um, the Puma Pencil, or I could get the, um, big eye out there. Uh, it was the only other plug that was able to get to the strike zone, but, um, they, the bass were pretty big and they wanted a big profile bait. Uh, so I was able to get this actually out there to where those bass were sitting. And, uh, this thing absolutely shredded the surface of the water and really, really got the, the bites that nothing else would. And I was pulling so many fish. Only specifically on this plug. I was throwing diving plugs and everything else. And this was the the only plug that was actually really pulling any fish um, and so That's why I'd throw up uh, puma pencils if I'm in heavy current and this is everything that would be in my bag on a daily basis Um, I have all those plugs in my bag no matter if I'm fishing at night or during the day. This is what is in my bag Um, Colors vary depending on this time of year. I like to throw uh, yellow plugs or yellow over white plugs more in the fall. Um, and mackerel pretty much works all, all year round, but uh, I mean, I guess both of them do, but, um, I throw mackerel a lot when there's a lot of mackerel around, which I tend to see more in the summertime, uh, there's a lot of mackerel around. Okay. Now we're going to go into like more of a swimmer plug that I throw, or two swimming plugs that I throw during the day as well as at night. Um, so this is the wobbler. In um mackerel uh, it's incredible the like uh, amount of like detail that goes into the painting on this plug um, it's like the exact replica of a mackerel um, uh, patterns on the outside of this they we can also do this plug a, in a bunker um and it's again the same like pattern that you'd have um and this has a very tight wobbling side to side motion but you can also jerk the rod and get it to kind of glide and swim side to side. Um, and I'd use this the same way I would use an SP minnow it has very similar ac- uh, action. It's a little bit bigger and it has a very similar profile to a mackerel. So if there is mackerel around like at all in the bass or Keaton are feeding on mackerel, this is like my go-to plug, no matter if it's daytime or night, I'll throw this in both day or night. Um, and it, just seems to pull bass like even when they're not biting this thing i can get i can generally get some fish on um it has a very tight wobble but you can glide it side to side as i was saying um and it it seems to really like get those finicky fish hitting and i've gotten a lot of really nice bass on on the wobbler in general um so yeah, so the wobbler's another like swimming. So that's my first real good swimming plug. And I, I reach for this in my bag a lot during the day, uh, when I can't get them on uh, a pencil or a Magnum Walker, I'm trying to get all, I'll switch over to this cause it dives a little bit deeper, um, and has that super tight wobble, but it, it, I fish it like an SP minnow, you know, it has that same action and that same, like just ability to pull fish. So then the other one that I use a lot during the day um, and probably more by surprise of people is the uh, Shad Stick um, because it swims. So it's interesting. um, This swims very well in the water in general, just in a straight retrieve. But I also like to jerk it really hard and it jerks down deep into the water and it wobbles on the way up. Um, and generally sometimes even at night you do these strong sweeps of the rod and it does these super long motion and it kind of kicks and flutters with the tail and then it will pause and start fluttering up and on that pause, the bass will smash it. Um, and I've gotten so many large fish on this, this season, uh, especially in bunker. Uh, it's, it's, it's extraordinary how many big fish this plug has pulled. Um, and I I'll fish it during the day the same way I fish it at night with those long jerks. Or if the bass are being more finicky, I'll swim it perfectly um, really slowly through the water with no, um, no uh, rod jigging or anything. And it has this nice like little wobble and like side-to-side motion. And it kind of has a kick with the tail. Um, and it just – it looks like a – bunker that's slowly swimming through the water and the bass can't handle it. You can also bend the eye of the plug to get it up or down, depending on where you're fishing. Uh, it can dive pretty deep into the water. Um, and if you're fishing, um, a big drop off, which is in, which is a lot what if I do is I fish these, uh, off these cliffs that drop off really deep into the water. Um, sometimes this can get down that 10, 15 feet that you need it to, uh, and, pull those big bass that are tight to the bottom. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the bass that this, this plug has gotten this season. Um, I've just, I mean, this plug alone has pulled some of the, my biggest bass of the season on this. Uh, and I've had some of my best nights using this plug when there's just a bunch of like medium size. I think they work, it works a lot like a darter. If you're going to throw a darter in the current, this thing works the same type of way. except. Instead, with a darter, you have to do a straight retrieve. You can actually jig this and get it to really swim and jerk away from the bass. And sometimes, when you're fishing with a darter or something, you're not able to get that um, that hit because the bass need it need like the think that it's like swimming away from them, uh, and that the bait's gonna get away. This thing you can jerk, and it looks like the bait is swimming away, and it's getting away. And sometimes that will uh, get that hit. If there's fish that are following it, and not really hitting it, sometimes you can jig it really quick, get it to jerk and make some uh, erratic motion, and the bass, and then pause it and let it wobble, and the bass will slam it because uh, they believe that the bait is getting away. Um, this is a great plug for nighttime as well as during the day. Um, and it, it works, I work it the same way, and I've pulled some really good fish on it. Okay. Um, and then the other one, which is more of a night plug. So now we're going to get to a little bit more nighttime. Uh, as, but you can throw this during the day, and I would throw this in the canal and stuff like that. that, um, is the Fatty Glider. Uh, and the fa- Fatty Glider has this beautiful, beautiful, um, like, shape to it that is super hard to get. Really, like, I mean, you look for pl- a lot of plugs, like, this. this is a great plug. I mean, it, it has that, that shape of a bunker. Um, which you could reel straight through the water with no action, and the bass would still hit this. I mean, it looks so much like a bunker; it's incredible. Uh, all you got to do is put a little jerk or a little twitch, and this thing will it side to side and make this super nice gliding, wobbling action in the water, um, especially in current. And it will just entice those fish to hit. I fish this mostly at night, although if they're feeding, if they're blitzing or they're feeding heavily on bunker this is there's nothing better than this uh because it just really will hit the bass and these are everything that's my go-to plugs i mean if i'm fishing anytime like i feel i can go out anywhere and i feel like all my bases are covered because um i can fish pretty much anywhere and do anything with these plugs and get those big fish to hit them uh and it has that subtle ability to able to switch in between these plugs that are so realistic looking as well as swim very well in uh, the current is why I truly believe in these plugs because they have time and time again um, given me the the chance to hook into some incredible bit fish um, and the it's really well uh, painted so that it looks very, or it looks extremely like a uh, bunker. Um, and
0: that's not... What, what color is that underneath?
1: Uh, so, yeah, so this is a purple, purple to white um, belly um, and it has more of a, well, real bunker color yeah. to the top. Um, I think that this subtle, a uh, little bit darker tinge to the um, belly of the plug, this purpley tinge, uh, is extremely, well, good at night. Uh, when they're kind of keyed in on silhouettes and uh, color doesn't work as well, uh, it shows that there's A difference between the belly color and then the actual color of the plug, Um, going from light to dark, or from lighter to darker on the on the top. It's more of a black, uh, black to gray uh, color on the top. Um, It looks so much like a actual bunker, Um, and it really when the especially this season, a lot of the big bunker schools at night would get pushed into the to the rocks, and this was one of those plugs that i mean we've had we had incredible nights on only this plug because they really wanted that profile and you could throw that out there and even let it sit on the surface of the water floating there in the current a lot of the times even we one time cast it out here out into the water and the plug was sitting on the surface of the water because we were talking back and forth about something and the plug got hit and like wow. eaten on the surface and it wasn't even moving it was just floating on the surface of the water with the waves and the Bass smashed it because they thought it was an injured bait fish um, so that just shows you how realistic it looks to them that even though they weren't blitzing and it wasn't one of those nights where it was fish every cast the plug landed on the surface made a little bit of a commotion and attracted the fish to even hit it without any action uh, implied on this plug um, so that's what I have as far as my go to plugs in my bag now if we're going to talk about you know, any what's in my um in the front of my bag, uh, it's a different story, a different oh. story entirely. You're not gonna be able to hear anything, Apologize. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I do, I do, I don't only fish plugs, um, I do fish tins and stuff, especially in the fall, uh, and especially during nor'easters. Uh, this plug, this diamond jig, did a number for me. During those when it was blowing 60 miles an hour and nothing else could get out there I was throwing diamond jigs and I was getting small fish, but I was getting fish So I was getting eaten, but um, I was doing well Uh, You throw this in the rocks or on the sandy beach most people throw it on a sandy beach But I would not be afraid to throw this in the rocks Um, I like to throw it out there Let it sink into these huge waves and wind and then start retrieving it right across the bottom like a bucktail I like to lift or jig my rod up a little bit, giving it a little flutter action and then let it sink down and then keep retrieving it every once in a while. Uh, it just gives the impression of an injured bait fish. And, you, know, you can catch really big fish on it, but you generally catch smaller bass on it. Um, so that's a, pl- a plug that I throw a lot when it's super windy and wavy out. Uh, it's a great plug to throw, um, especially when it's really windy out and you can't get anything else out there. And if there's sand eels around and the bass are not eating anything else to go to the diamond jig is a go-to um, And yeah, and I'll fish that during the day and at night both times. They'll work um, And then of course the trusty bucktail uh, So trusty and rusty. Yeah, literally so you can <laughs> see this things well had some <laughs> putting in work uh, I fished this in the spring and all i fish it all year long i mean people like say oh only, you know, i only fish bucktails in the fall i mean that's such a myth you can fish them anytime and they'll pretty they work anytime of the year uh i like to fish them more when it's super wavy out i don't fit, i mean i don't fish them a lot but when i do fish them uh i've had some great days where i've gotten you know 80 fish in an hour on this just casting at my feet and having it be every cast because the bass are in the wash and they're feeding on little bait fish Uh, and it has that ability to get down into the, uh, strike zone, um, and sit there and for whatever reason, it pretty much matches the hatch of everything. And the bass seem to crunch it. Um, I put an otter tail, uh, jig strip on the back of it. Um, and it just gives that a little extra action. Um, sometimes I'll trim it up to be smaller or larger, depending on like the, how windy it is. Sometimes I like to be smaller when it's super windy. Sometimes I like to to be longer when it's not as windy and there's, I'm trying to get a bigger bass on it. But if you're just trying to get numbers of fish, bucktails are great, um, especially in the fall, you can pinch the barb and you can really just, you know, get in bass almost every cast of me without like no problem when it's, re- when they're really blitzing too, it's a great plug to throw. Um, it's sometimes better than a soft plastic because you can go through a lot of soft plastics. You can, if you learn how to fish this, you can you can fish it a lot and it covers a lot of your bases Especially when the bass are being finicky, it's a great plug to throw. I think all year long, if it's wavy and windy, it's a that's kind of its just go to time when you can't really fish anything else because it's getting all it's in the white water and getting you know uh, pushed around too much, not being able to work. This plug just sits there and just has that beautiful little swimming action with the tail, and it just they get it gets crunched. You feel that tick, and then boom, you're on. So bucktails are great. I have all different uh, weights too. Um, I guess I could throw diamond jig back in my bag. Um, uh, so the other thing that I have in my bag, I have different, like, uh, I have different, like, tails to my jig strips. Uh, I like the, f- like, straight flat ones uh, in white. Um, and then I'll have red ones. Um, and then I'll have ones that are, like, um, like, have a little curliness to them. So there's different uh they're like white and they have a little curl to them so they kind of have that a different little swimming action um red uh gives the illusion of it being smaller so if it's red it kind of seems like a smaller bait fish where if it's white it seems to be a little bit bigger um the jig strips work and you can catch anything pretty much you can catch most fish on a bucktail or i wouldn't say most fish but you catch a lot of fish on a bucktail you can catch flounder on them you can catch bass on them and they seem to catch very large fish. Um, I just use the like the smiling bills, like or the smiling like the smiling face to the the uh, bucktail. Uh, it's a great plug, and uh, I use it a lot when it's windy and w- rainy out. Okay, so here's another one, which is a little bit in- which is an interesting one. Uh, this is an epoxy minnow, um, and I throw the epoxy minnow for a lot of different fish. I mean, you can catch bonito and false albacore on it. Um, you can even catch bass on it uh, a lot of the times when the bass are super finicky and the water is super clear uh, You can throw this and you can jig it really quick and let it drop down flutter um, It also mimics a sand eel really well They come in different sizes. Sometimes you can fish them larger uh, And you can if there's like a bigger sand eel around and they come in different colors um, I fish so I generally like to have one in my bag if there's bonito. Or false albacore around I'll pick this up and throw it um, it mimics that smaller bait and it's a, it's a good plug um, yeah and then I have oh, as far as soft plastics go um, so this is like an al gag this is just a small smaller soft plastic uh, I fish this in like estuaries and when the bass are being pretty finicky and it's really windy or if I'm fishing super deep I like to cast this out and let it sink down to the bottom and jig it up. Uh, a lot of guys fish it at the canal. Um, I don't really fish it at the canal a lot, but I do fish it a lot in really deep water. If I'm fishing off of a cliff that's 30 feet down, I can drop this down 30 feet and jig it up and let it flutter down. Sometimes that's what the bass want. Um, and then as far as like smaller soft plastics, plastics go... This is just like a zoom. This is like a freshwater soft plastic. The bats are being super finicky and um, they're feeding on peanut bunker or something and you want to to catch them. This thing is, you know, it just has that soft plastic action that is hard to beat. Um, And that's great. And I think it's on a VMC like jig head, like half ounce jig head. Um, And then the other soft plastic that I use a bit is the Tsunami Swim Shads uh there it's like a paddle tail i don't know if this is a tsunami sh- swim shed but i use that lure this might just be an off brand of that um and uh it has a big paddle tail it has a little weight to it it, it gets down especially in the fall this is a great plug as well in the spring i guess uh, i don't fish soft plastics really at all unless and really when i do fish them it's because i have to fish them uh and the bass are being finicky but they do catch Big fish. If you throw throw them in, in where there are big fish, it has that. It'll, a lot of times, like this, will mimic a bunker, um, and it looks so realistic they will hit it. Um, Oop, like knocking things over. Um, this I've. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bag where I had a rig deal in. Uh. Um, should probably throw this away. Probably should throw that one um, Yeah, so it's like a plastic bag for re- that I would keep a rig deal in. Um, I do have, so I carry a snagging hook with me. Um, so I, I, in my opinion, my <laughs> is, if you need to snag live bait to, to catch a fish, a big fish especially, do it because I like I th- think there's no wrong way to fish. And I think I've, I fish every way, and I feel like, I mean, if I can catch a giant fish on a live bunker, I'm going to snag it and catch a giant fish on a live bunker. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Um, and then we just get into bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> stuff. Um, so that's another swim shad. The, and that's just, I guess, a chunk taken out of it. Um, all the stuff in the bottom I didn't know about. A big bucktail wow uh this is a four ounce bucktail um and you're probably like why do you have a four ounce bucktail in your bag because sometimes the waves are absolutely enormous and you need to get something in that in the wave um i was fishing uh and the waves were so big that they're crashing on the way they're ginormous like i couldn't even be anywhere near where i wanted to be and i Cast them out of this wave, and I would reel it in really quickly. And I was catching giant fish on this bucktail because it was in that strike zone where nothing else could be. Um, another great reason to throw a big bucktail. Um, and then you'll probably laugh at me. I mean, this is stuff that I just have in there just because there was one day. Uh, I don't even know what the name of this is, but it's another just giant soft plastic, super heavy with a giant hook on it. And the only reason I'm carrying around and this is probably four ounces too. And yeah, you throw this at the canal or whatnot. But I, the only reason I was carrying this around is because I was trying to get it in that strike zone that day, and I was just grabbed the heaviest jig heads I had, and threw them in my bag. Um, so that's why they're at the bottom of my bag. But that's why I kind of like what I throw. Regardless, this is what's in my bag because you never know when you get out there and it's different, different match the conditions exactly, and you need to be able to you know match the hatch or match the conditions and be able to catch big fish. Um, it was good to at least clean up my bag a little bit from all these craziness um but yeah uh, it just shows you that like being able to match the conditions that you're fishing being able to throw the right plugs that you want to throw um and being able to get into the current and the, the on the surface when the bass are blitzing and you need to be able to match the hatch or match the what the bass are feeding on or uh be, like i've this is a pretty big bag and I have a lot of lures in here, but to be hopefully able to narrow down kind of what you want in your bag. Um, if I had to pick really, if I had to pick three lures that you were to carry in your bag, I would pick, um, either the big eye pencil, um, or, uh, the magnum walker. Um, cause I think those are incredible plugs. Um, so that's one, either of those. Um, then I would pick like, I really love the shad stick. Um, I think with that plug alone, you could catch pretty much any, you could fish anywhere and catch pretty much everything you want, uh, as far as size wise, cause it matches bunker so well that if the bass are giant and they're feeding on bunker, which I feel like they do a lot. And I feel like a lot of the bigger bass feed on bunker, especially where I fish, um, that you want that big profile bait and it has that action that's hard to beat, um, I'd pick that uh, and then honestly like a small half ounce bucktail um, or half ounce bucktail or an ounce to two ounce bucktail I guess not half ounce but an ounce to two ounce bucktail uh, without a, just a white flat jig strip on it would be those are like my top three plugs that I feel like you could pretty much do anything with um, because they they really I feel like that's what I would fish generally if I was to fish You know the bottom of the water column all the way up to the top and I need to pick and I was gonna First things I was gonna pick for either of those conditions. I mean, that's what I would pick Um, Yeah, or if I was to drag bottom, I could even use the uh, um, The shed stick uh, that you know really can get down there in the bottom and uh, you can really work it well and it definitely pulls big fish Um, so that is a good quality Deep dive into my surf bag mm-hmm. um, and into every single plug that I use and why I use it. Um, I did say I was going to go over kind. Of, well, I want to go and do a segment with someone that is uh, huge. I want to. I'm going to get. We're going to hopefully get people onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to go over how I use a pencil, but I want to get somebody on that uses Topwater pretty much exclusively. Yeah. That is will tell you better than I can why. Why pencil poppers are key to success, or really top water is in general, but pencil poppers. I guess I can go a little bit into that, um, and as far as how I use them for now, and well, and if I get somebody else on that is, you know, does more of it than I do, then uh, that's pretty crazy if they could do because. And we'll I do that briefly,
0: and then hit some questions.
1: Yes. And then wrap it up. Mm-hmm. So a brief, briefly, what I do is you fish a pencil popper with a slow retrieve. So I'm going to grab my rod here. Um, so for those, who, ooh, ooh. for those who are watching, yeah. So what I'll, what I would say is it's better to have a slower retrieve reel. Um, so in the last podcast we talked about um, reels that we use and real talk, real talk, really, yeah. And in that podcast I talked about. Fast retrieves over slower retrieves and why, and not, I didn't really go into why they're good, even though I probably should have, but in for one reason why a slow retrieve is good, um, is for fishing a plug that you need to reel slowly on the surface like a pencil popper. Um, so with a pencil popper, you, what you want to do is you want to hold the rod. Um, generally I hold the rod a little bit above the grip um, on the, the rod handle. Um, so that I can work, so I can work the tip of the rod at a pretty, uh, like the same rhythm. So what I do is I pump the rod up and down, uh, probably about, uh, depending on how big the plug is, uh, if you can get it to dance across the surface. So I guess however far you need it to go before you get the plug really dancing across the surface. Um, And really, you can do that in with your wrist for a lot of the plugs, Um, and maybe you need for a much bigger plug... Uh, Like the um, Mac Daddy, maybe you have to do a little bit more arm action to get the plug working a little bit more. But generally, all you need to do is just really move your wrist up and down, getting the top of your rod to move in a rhythmic up and down action. And a pretty slow retrieve, I'd say. You kind of pop it and you do one revolution to maybe five up and downs with the rod. And that should get the plug to pretty much stay in place and really dance across the surface. Um, And then... The number one biggest thing about pencil popping is when a fish is blowing up on your popper it is very hard to stay composed enough to not hook set when you see it happening. Uh, so something that like fly guys say is like, you want to fish with your hands. So you, and I guess this goes for any fishing, but you want to fish with your hands. So when you're stripping into it with a fly and you see a bass hitting it, uh, you don't want to like hook set until you see the or until you feel the fish the same way you do it with a pencil you want to make sure you're on your retrieve uh when the bass is blowing up on your plug generally even the the action that you're giving to the top of your rod is going to hook set into the fish but um you don't want to hook set until you feel the fish pull like bend your rod over And even then keep it going just for a like fraction of a second longer until it's really bent over and then you can reel into it a little bit and then give it some good hook sets to really make sure the hooks are set into its mouth. It's especially hard to do when you're fishing and you have a giant fish swirling and boiling on your plug and then hitting it a couple of times. Um, I mean, we are all there when it happens and you hook set prematurely and you pull it away from the fish and it doesn't hit it. Um, and then talking a lot of the times when the bass are going after and hitting your plug, they'll actually hit the plug up and out of the water. Um, and what they do, and you'll see this a lot of the time, is the fish will come up and they'll slap the plug with their tail trying to stun the bait, um, so then they can hit it. They'll also hit the plug up into the air. I mean, I've had bass hit it six feet in the air. Depending on how big they are, they can really launch your plug into the air when they hit it. And then when it lands in the water, uh, I just like to twitch it a little bit and not really move it. Like if I. Just use uh, what's there to just twitch it forwards like a couple times back and forth. The bass generally will come back and smash it. Um, Most of the time that's what happens. Uh, And we'll go more in depth with exactly techniques techniques of of if the bass are being finicky in regards to pencil popping. Because there's people that can explain it much better than I can and have different tips than I do to getting a bass to eat it when it's not doing so. I'm um, just trying to set my rod back
0: down. You want to open up those yeah. questions
1: that you got? I my phone. So, um, yeah. So just swap to the yep. right. Uh, so. All right, we got first question. Um,
0: first question: Where can I buy Puma plugs?
1: I guess that that works pretty <laughs> well. That works pretty well. Um, so um, two things. I'll pull it up again. Yeah. So, uh, two things, two ways you can buy Puma plugs is I is you can obviously just search it up on. Is it www.pumbaplugins.com? Yeah,
0: pumbaplugins.com. P-O-O-M-B-A-H. P-L-U-G-S. For the those who can't see the website on the screen.
1: Yes, um, and so you can do that, or you can go to my Instagram and I have them. Um, they're the first thing I, I at them, and they're the first thing that I at um, on all my posts. You hit the at button, and it will bring you to their profile. And in the top bio of their profile, there'll be a link to, um, the website and you can click on that and you should be able to navigate that pretty easily. how you will.
0: All right. And back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. Um, question, should I, we give shout outs? Uh,
1: well, so, um, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay.
0: Michael McGuire 98, um, asks, uh, what size jig heads do you use? Um when you use that and what's the best color I to use um
1: and he prefers white. Uh okay. So um I also prefer white. Um I think there's many different colors you can use. Uh I have as in this four ounce bucktail here is uh a chartreuse green um with a white belly. Uh I like white. I prefer white. I think chartreuse works. Um I don't fish black bucktails because I don't think I don't like to. But honestly, just a white, a regular white bucktail um, is, is great. Um, and I like to use, as I said before, I like to use between one to two ounces. I feel like for the surf, that kind of covers your whole bases. Obviously, I do go up to four ounces. Um, but I only do that in extreme scenarios where it's, you know, 20-foot waves and it's blowing 60 miles an hour and you're really trying to get the bucktail out into the... Um, water. The only problem about that is if you're fishing rocks, you're going to get the bucktail stuck into a rock, uh, which is always not fun. So, I like white bucktails. Um, As far as, like, if you're talking about soft plastics, um, I like white and I pretty much, that's all I'll fish for soft plastics. And again, uh, I will either fish them weightless, but if I'm doing a jig head for that, I am going to fish, like, between one to four ounces. Um, I think that's, like, Pretty qual like a good weight uh and that kind of covers your whole spectrum of fishing uh jigs yeah and i've got into them earlier this podcast so you'll be able to, if you so yeah
0: um the the next question from grabbing bass a million ways for a riggy but what's your go-to methods for a rig deals
1: uh so um what he's referring to is i said in the first podcast getting hooked um i said there's a million ways to rig an eel, but, um, or I've thought of a million ways to rig an eel, but what's my favorite way to rig an eel? And so for this question, um, there's going to be a podcast that is specifically on eels and rig deals and how I fish them. Um, as well as I am making, I'm in the process of making a video of how I fish live eels and I will make, probably make a video about how I fish rig deals. Um, there's no better plug or lure or live bait or dead bait, whatever you want to call it for catching giant fish than a rig deal. Um, I will in that podcast show you how I rig an eel, which is kind of, uh, like I do it away the way a lot of people do. Uh, I generally try to do two hooks, although there's two methods that I like and think work well. So I will show you both methods, um, to how I rig eels in a podcast coming soon.
0: Okay. Um this one's from uh Jamrod twenty two. Um says, Let's talk about new age fishing etiquette in a world surrounded by technology. We sort of touched on this, but I feel like there's not really time to do it justice in just a, a brief question, but you want to do an elevator pitch on, yeah, I just, guess. just quick stuff, or we could just say we'll talk about it on another podcast, whatever um, you want to do. I don't know how
1: much. What are we doing for time?
0: Um, we're we're at 59 minutes, okay? So, so we,
1: we have like we have a little bit we can, we'll do a little bit so, um, because we need one more anyway, yeah, yeah, um, but, so, yeah. uh, we, um, so as far as this goes, I did touch on this a little bit before the my thought in uh, technology is, number one, never chase reports because that's just not smart to do. Out of the amount of times that it actually pays off, it's very, like, you'll see, you see on Instagram the pictures of everybody with a 40-pound bass at the canal, but it is so, I mean, people drive so far to get to the canal with very little payoff. I mean, I I live pretty close to it, like maybe a two-hour drive away from it. And I've fished it a handful of times and I've only caught one fish there my entire life. So it's like, it's one of those things that's like, you. I wouldn't go and chase reports that um, are saying, oh, there's giant fish here because generally people are smart enough that they don't post it as it's going on. Uh, I feel like a lot of the time it's posted a week or two later, uh, which is um, what a lot of people do. Um, and as far as like the, I would say... Like the people that get all bent out of shape about like the, if you look at a fish sideways type thing, if like you're handling a fish, even partially incorrectly, people, you know, freak out about it. And in some regards, it's good to educate people on how to handle fish or, or how to like, you know, or why you shouldn't be keeping giant fish. But at the same time, uh, it can be, it can make people very angry which you see a lot on Instagram and it's kind of pretty unhealthy for a lot of people that like, if you think about it, somebody that maybe is not super, that hasn't been doing a lot of fishing and they catch a giant fish and they don't, they're not super educated in, you know, catching a giant fish and you think that, and they post that picture of the fish and they're like, wow, I caught a giant fish. And then, and they kill the fish to show off to whoever and, and that's their, Legal right because of the limit and whatever. Um, and they post it on Instagram to show their friends and whatnot. Um, but to then go on and like target that person, uh, I think is wrong because it like you don't know like what that person's coming from or yeah, what that you, person You don't know the context. Exactly. That's uh, kind of what I'm trying to say. So it's not always good to really like target those people that are killing giant fish. Although if you do see posts of somebody with four giant fish or like a fish under the limit or um so to i mean saying something like calling them out on that or at least educating them on the fact that that's not right to do to, to take a bunch of fish or to have to take fish under the limit um uh is one thing but and as far as like educating someone respectfully and how they're mishandling fish uh i think is okay but to again, be like positive and not be like negatively attacking the person for handling a fish wrong, um, is, uh, a good practice to, um, uphold. So that's kind of my little spiel about that.
0: Um, this question by hunt fish shoot repeat. Um, I'd like to know more about the equipment you use, line brand clothing, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sort of what the podcast is about. So we're covering yeah, that I I piece by piece. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um uh, as far as, Line goes, I, we could do, I could do a whole uh, thing. I did a little bit about my gear. Um, I would just say
0: keep listening to the podcast yeah. because you're going to get a, more than enough information about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. if you're really interested in that stuff. Yes,
1: and I'm going to go in deep dives about exactly what clothing I do wear as far as waders and jacket. And um, as far as line goes, we cover that in, in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, that I think came out right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we co- well,
0: uh, real real talk is coming out,
1: coming out soon, soon.
0: Um, weekly update. Maybe we mentioned it, but um, mm-hmm. regardless, it's gonna come. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we talked a lot about. Um, that as far as like what line, yeah, I real, real I talk, heavy real line. talk
0: will be, real talk will be out yes. by the time this podcast is out. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: So you would have, so you would have hear in that podcast exactly what line and, uh, stuff that I use. Yeah. Um, and then as far as jacket and clothing and whatnot that I wear, um, we will make a thing about that pretty soon. Yes.
0: Um, last one by Andrew Scardina. Um, how much does the wind affect the fishing?
1: Uh, I think it is. So I think it's pretty much number one, uh, as far as like for me. And again, it's a big confidence thing. Um, two, I think it's a little bit of confidence thing. Cause I do think current might affect more, but I do think that if you're fishing, wind is interesting because different winds affect different places differently. Uh, as far as like fishing off the rocks, I don't care where you are. I think it's wind that's blowing straight into your face is the best. Um, now, if you're fishing on a sandy beach uh, and there's current ripping from left to right, then you want the wind blowing from left to right because you want the uh, the current to be increased by the wind instead of, like, canceled out by the wind. Yeah. Um,
0: and then we obviously can go into more detail mm-hmm. later about, like, specific winds, specific conditions, whatnot. Yes.
1: but. But that's like a little bit about that as far as like wind goes uh i like to have the wind blowing straight into my face when i'm fishing off the rocks because that's what i do most of is fish off the rocks because it blows bait fish in uh and it makes the waves bigger uh which i think creates more current um and disturbs the bait fish a little bit more making the easier prey for the uh fish so i think it really affects it uh Kind of the most, in my opinion, if you can get a strong in like wind blowing in, uh, I I really like um, different winds at different spots. But if I have a strong wind blowing straight in my favorite spot, I know that I can pull a giant fish out of there. Like that's like the key number one thing. It doesn't the tide doesn't matter as much as the wind in my personal opinion.
0: Okay, there you go. Well, I think that's about it for um, what's in the, what's in your plug bag. Yeah. Um, hope. You're enjoying these, these podcasts as yeah. we keep letting them out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to keep keep cranking them. Keep, but cr- keep yeah. cranking
1: them out. Uh, we're trying different lengths of ones. Uh, we we have a shorter, what well, we're starting to kind of call it the weekly update, update. And then we're going to have one that is longer. A um, week. Yeah. Yeah, that's like we get that once a week. So you'll have two podcasts a week, a week roughly. Roughly. Uh, hopefully, uh, just depending on our schedules and timing of everything. Yeah. But that's Um, the goal. But that's the goal because we've heard that you guys want more podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do. Yep. So thanks for listening and, uh, catch us next time.
0: See ya.